0: Hello there, everyone, and welcome to TapCalf Transmissions, our Star Wars podcast, which is, in fact, the only Star Wars podcast. There's not even there's not even an idea for another one out there. Isn't that crazy, Justin?
1: Yeah, I mean, we were pretty new on this train. Um, there might be some followers, so if you see another Star Wars podcast, uh, definitely let them know that it's kind of weird that they copied us. Uh, the original Star Wars podcast. <laughs> well, I think we have the legal rights to it,
0: so we can't... Like, no one else can do it. I, right. I don't like that you've actually kind of backslid from <laughs> this podcast's hardline position that there are no other Star Wars podcasts to well, acknowledging that they might exist, but they're ripping us off. Mm-hmm. Like I, It seems like you're just giving up too much ground here.
1: I'm just acknowledging that, you know, people like to copy what's right, basically. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, joining me... As always, is my co-host and friend, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder, and then I'm probably not going to say your last name.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. I don't want to be doxxed. Yeah, again. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, Yeah, I hope everything is going well with you, Corey. How has your week been? Uh, My week has been good. As you just uh,
0: saw, I've been planning uh, the new apartment layout. Mm. with my girlfriend because we finally got a place that doesn't have roaches like this place does so Mm -hmm. that's gonna they did all
1: the planning before so
0: yeah like i'm gonna be going from a situation where my life is like fully set up and i'm looked after by these roaches to having (laughs) to fend for myself and i i just don't know what i'm gonna do but what's what's been up with you since uh since we last spoke
1: Hmm. not really very much we finished gus gus's room as well so we did a bit of uh Home decorating, Gus moved into his big boy room with a big boy bed. Um, So he's been sleeping in that every night, doing pretty well. Um, Second night he moved in, I forgot to lock his bedroom door. So he woke up at like 6.30, rolled out of bed, walked up to the door, opened it, walked around the living room for about (laughs) a minute and a half, went back to bed, closed the door, and went to sleep. that could have been way worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Could have been a disaster. My sister called me this morning and her oldest son is i think a year older than gus and he's Mm -hmm. figured out like the front door lock now Mm. so that that's a big a big step and i guess calling me was his idea but then like (laughs) after five minutes on the phone or on uh facetime he -hmm. got bored and wanted to go for a car ride so he just ran to the front door and started trying to pull it open jesus
1: Yeah, gus doesn't know locks yet He's starting to learn like he kind of knows the turn ones like the easy ones. Um, but murphy knows how to open the uh The gate on the top of the stairs. He Hmm. pushes it in with his nose pulls up and then pulls back and he defeats the lock. um So Not very epic, uh for that. We're so domestic. What is this? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild Um, trying to think if there's anything else interesting that happened I think that's pretty much it i was just oh actually i do have one announcement um i tweeted at michael stackpole today because i forgot to do it at the end of last episode um about that a thing mm-hmm. um and he said he couldn't remember but he's gonna get back to me because i sent him the the uh, specific passage from cool. uh from dark tide but yeah so uh, for
0: anyone who doesn't remember from last week there was, we were talking about how uh a seer in i revenge kind of faked her own death and mm-hmm. wanted to like kind of change Bothan society from inside, and then there's a, a bit in uh, mm-hmm. Dark Tide one. where yeah. Trace Crafe a Bothan admiral, is talking about one of his instructors at the
1: yeah. Bothan Martial Academy, and uh, he said are... that he had an instructor who pointed out certain flaws in the way Bothan society functions. So yeah, it, so, yeah, probably big moves are probably being made meant it at the time. Um, but yeah, maybe he'll get back to us. Also, I was talking to Alex from Star Wars Explained, and tentatively, he will be joining us for not the first episode of Alphabet Squad, but Shadow Wing, which Shadow is the Fall. new one. Shadow F- Fall. Shadow that?
0: I think it's Shadow Fall. But yeah, so this episode today is about the second volume of the original Star Wars Clone Wars series. Uh, Mm -hmm. cartoon thing Mm -hmm. and next week we're going to be talking about Alphabet Squadron the first book uh, and then we'll figure out where we're going from there Uh, and we're kind of planning to schedule Shadowfall around whenever Alex is available uh, as long as he's able to probably three
1: weeks I think from today yeah
0: so uh, then after that we might get a little bit weird with the way we schedule stuff because I've got my move coming up after that and then you've got uh, other major upcoming events towards the end of the year so we'll probably be covering more comic books for the last part of the year just because Mm -hmm. it's a bit easier for us to work around uh, our schedule well Justin in particular is going to be incredibly busy but uh, we want to make sure we stay
1: On that note people always look at kelsey because my my, what he's referring to is my wife is having we're having a second kid (laughs) My wife is having a kid I am also i've also put on some weight from eating a lot of Takeout and not getting as much exercise during coronavirus Um, no one ever acknowledges the life that I might be carrying inside me as well worms No, just like like a a cheeseburger baby I think it's
0: more likely to, if you're growing life inside, you would probably be a tapeworm then.
1: Well, maybe not biological life, but... I- I'm trying
0: to set you up here for the other announcement of what's going on tonight.
1: Oh, yes. We will be playing some worms um, with our friend Charlie and Mark from the Templin Institute, and I think Julia as well, uh, one of our friends and Mark's friends. Um, so if you want to tune in for that later, you can. Yeah so uh i've never played worms before not a single worms game it it is a lot of fun cool but we'll we'll get back to you guys
0: on which comic series we're planning to do we're definitely going to be taking a couple weeks off uh Mm -hmm. when new baby arrives Mm -hmm. and uh then we'll we talked about maybe tales maybe uh, legacy maybe even rogue squadron or crimson empire Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of options and we do plan on doing comics at some point. This just seems like a, a good place yep. for us to kind of slot it in, keep the podcast rolling along without uh, having quite the same commitment as some of the books take. Because yep. it's, uh, it's, lo- it's a lot it's a of lot. work.
1: Like, it doesn't seem like reading one book every week or every couple of weeks would be a lot of work. But, like, we're very busy people. It, it
0: adds up. It really mm-hmm. does. We're very um, busy, very lazy people. and
1: <laughs> Well, we're not lazy, but, like, our jobs are kind of bullshit, let's be honest. So we should be able to get books in there more easily, but... <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like,
0: it's not just that we're reading that book. Usually we're reading that book and then reading some other books yeah. in the middle of that for other lore videos. Yeah. So it's a lot of Star Wars book reading that happens. And I, yeah. I always feel weird about, like, pulling too many topics from the thing we're doing for I know, me Datapad. Uh, or I just nothing, did
1: a, yeah. a breakdown of uh, the Battle of Q-Trick on Eckhart's Ladder. Yeah, and I that.
0: I honestly lost a lot of respect for you when I saw that because that was
1: from I saw revenge. So yeah, fair enough. Thankfully your respect doesn't mean very much to me. Um all right, let's continue <laughs> and talk about season or volume 2 of The Clone Wars. It's actually season 3. Um this one is a lot different than the uh seasons in volume 1 because instead of having very short episodes, we have five like 10 to 15 minute episodes. And I actually preferred this uh, style, I think.
0: See, I didn't actually notice that much of a difference as far as that goes, because, like, Mm -hmm. watching them how we did, I assume we probably watched the same video again, Mm -hmm. uh, where it cuts out any sort of episode transitions. Mm -hmm. But the length of each scene kind of still matched up to how it did in volume and uh, season one and two, Mm -hmm. where I could see them having made kind of the same style, like, cutting them at different places and releasing them as the episodes in the same way. Like, I don't think that had too much of an impact really mm-hmm. on the style of what we got.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I only really noticed it with like the, the whole grievous chase of mm-hmm. Palpatine. Cause that was like a bit more of a yeah. long kind of single storyline than we got in volume one. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Besides that, cause even like certain episodes, like the one where they land on that planet, it has like, very short sequences that could have almost been episodes Like they've got shows like the the kashi scene and then there's the yortolans and whatever else um So, yeah, you're right the way they filmed it kind of Not that different Anything else that you uh no- noticed that was or wasn't different from season one one thing that I I did was um The they bring a lot more like this was clearly made closer to episode three. It was in 2005 so we're starting to see Um, Episode 3, Vehicles, which was kind of cool. Like, there's uh, Venators and whatnot, whereas it was always Acclimators in in, uh, Volume 1, so I thought that was cool. How about you?
0: Yeah, like, the the timeline progression was nice, but uh, because I like Venators more than Acclimators. It's a controversial take, but it's my take. Is Uh, that controversial? No, it's actually probably something that almost everyone thinks. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say. But I... Stylistically, I didn't see too much of a difference in how a lot mm. was handled, but like, in terms of actual content, uh, one of the things that I talked about last time that kind of I didn't like about the first volume was that the uh, Anakin and Obi Wan were like too kind of tense and didn't have any sort of friendship. But in this one, they felt a lot. Like, their relationship mm-hmm. felt a lot more like what I was expecting from season one, even. And mm-hmm. I get that they're trying to show this progression for them, but at the same time, they'd already been working together for 10 years. Anakin had grown up with Obi-Wan. Uh, and, like, we do see in episode two that they're, uh, they're. They have tension throughout the prequel trilogy, but they're still friends in episode two already. Uh, so yeah. that was kind of jarring in the first one, and I think their relationship in this where there's still some moments of conflict but it 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 matches better with the idea we get in episode three of Mm -hmm. like uh obi-wan like playing with his mustache and that means something to anakin about what they're gonna do and they just have this kind of kind of tongue-in-cheek fun secret code for causing mayhem
1: yeah i I like that too although at the very beginning they were kind of right back into the the fighting but they got through that pretty quickly and by the end, Obi Wan more just seems concerned than anything else. And my very last note is: Anakin, the hand is black now, not epic. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin redoes his, his metal hand, and like he completely missed the the uh, drug induced cave uh, drawings. That, uh, like, yeah, don't do that.
0: <laughs> there is something you brought up uh, that I was that really stood out to me, and I thought would be a bigger deal for you. You mentioned mm-hmm. the Ertolans, and. It aeroma. looks like they had arms and legs. So,
1: yeah, there's other things that have given them arms and legs as well. Like there's yeah, been a Star but... Wars comic, and yeah, I was. It's disturbing. Um, it like there's no two ways about it. Like, I'm like I can't let like, Gus watch this now because it is disturbing to see them uh, misshapen like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ortolans are those blue elephants, and basically there's a big conspiracy theory if you look up um dark secret java's palace you should be able to find it um, but maybe wait till like it's bright out because it's like it's, it's a bit troubling that's all I'm going to say
0: yeah it we don't want to do too much on it on this podcast because then we'll probably uh, track attract the attention of the story group and they're going to shut us down uh, so
1: yeah um yeah we already are not getting invited to Star Wars celebration as we've discussed. But yeah, they actually.
0: So I've heard through the grapevine that the reason there's no Star Wars celebration this year is because, as the only Star Wars podcast, if it was happening, they would have felt compelled to invite us. Mm-hmm. Like, and they wanted to avoid the public backlash. Uh, so yeah, like you guys I didn't think hear. Your from Kathleen Kennedy
1: probably invented COVID. To be honest, <laughs> don't even fuck it. <laughs> um. There, there are people who will believe it's yeah so I realized why I thought it wasn't kakrook at the battle because he appears to die um yeah so that's why I thought it was a different whipped but I guess the he just doesn't die no he's napping actually in that scene yeah um so that's kind of sad um what you yeah, want kaok to die I guess that Grievous just is so sloppy. So
0: this is actually something that came up as a question in the last episode that we're probably in a much better place to talk about now. We Mm -hmm. said we talk about Grievous a lot more this episode is uh, like people being upset that like Grievous was too cartoony or like not competent enough in the other Clone Wars or even in Revenge of the Sith compared to what he's like in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So do you have any thoughts on on that first?
1: Yeah, I mean there definitely is are, are some differences like One thing grievous like In the clone wars tv show the clone wars. He is very aggressive, but whenever he's outnumbered. He immediately runs away mm-hmm. uh, That's kind of his thing. Like he's really creative and hard to nail down Um, they always kind of get him in a corner, but he somehow escapes and that's kind of the difference here like I got that first. Is it? Where are they again? With that, is it? Hypori. Hypori. Um, he's kind of surrounded by clones and he fights them off. And same with later on, he's much more aggressive and certainly much more competent than he is in the uh, the Clone Wars TV show. I'll say that. So there's a, there's a scene in this volume where he's training with Dooku, and
0: they do try to make it so that like, or try to reference the idea that like, one of your greatest weapons is going to be retreat. And mm-hmm. Dooku kind of tells him this, but we don't see him do that in this show. And mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that everything that everyone can do in this show is so over the top. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, you're you you're not wrong.
0: I think it, it. Even with the story they're trying to tell with what limited dialogue there is, it seems like they were trying to get in that thing about like, Grievous is going to like he he should be leaving. Mm-hmm. and he shouldn't be fighting, like, 18 people at once. And I I think, it, I think it works better having him be more running and hiding and then striking when he feels like mm-hmm. he can actually do it. And, again, it seems like something that they were trying to put forward with this. It seems like that was the intent in Revenge of the Sith that they were trying to tie this into. So I think a lot of the thing where, like, oh, he used to be so powerful just sort of comes from the fact, like, everyone in this show does ridiculous nonsense all the time Mm -hmm. and if you want to talk about him being like incompetent cartoon villain he gets his cape tied to a train which drives off (laughs) with him in this that is the the dumbest (laughs) thing that ever
1: happens to grievous in anything and there are a lot of uh (laughs) grievous is actually really funny in those scenes like when he's popping his head down like, that mm-hmm. one scene where they're on the elevator, and he's got his head popped down, and, like, the clone trooper just, like, <laughs> loads his rocket launcher. Like, that's legitimately funny. Um, I really enjoyed that. When well, he's Naruto and running down the <laughs> Yeah. And even, like, even when they're in their office, and, like, Palpatine's got his back towards the window, and Grievous just kind of sticks his head down. <laughs> like, that was that was legitimately yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Well,
0: there's a... Is it when the Ithorian Jedi is doing the Bellow thing mm-hmm. that he, like pops his head inside himself and his arms inside himself <laughs> yeah, and he he's looks just like, like a two. He's like vibing. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think about what that would have looked like if he did that in Revenge of the Sith because I don't think his anatomy actually can no, work that way. not
1: really. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, he's a fun character. I, I like him in this. I really like his um, proper voice a lot more, though. His voice yeah. in this is very silly. Um he oh, yeah. does
0: sound very just evil McBad guy. Exactly. Uh generic evil McBad guy. Like he sounds like evil McBad guy in Revenge of the Sith, but he's also got like the uh like he sounds like droid enhanced mm-hmm. organic person. Like it fits his who he is better in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um So anything else you wanna talk about that opening battle? I liked how the lats actually do something because it seems like most of the time Lats exist solely to be shot down with clones inside of them. <laughs> um, but in this, they actually kind of just chill in and they drop off Fordo in the arcs. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Fordo. And, uh, yeah, they take like a whole squad of battle droids coming, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. We yeah, nice... my only
0: thing with that was like Coyote Mundi is just super gung-ho and wants to go after Grievous and he's really mm-hmm. aggressive. And then the clones are like, yeah. not chief, this ain't it
1: but <laughs> this ain't it like he'll kick your ass like for sure um, yeah
0: it, it just seemed like there was a few places where the clones were telling the jedi what to do when they're yeah. supposed to be these order following especially at this point in uh the development of the clone wars this was when they were kind of at their most uh bio droidy yeah and yeah like, for no, sure general stop it but uh i guess fordo would never really fit into that quite as much and mm-hmm. Then, I just thought it was really funny, the scene when he's looking at the... I guess there's a full medical bay in the mm-hmm. lat, but... uh it's like, ah. <laughs> he looks at Ayla, and then he looks down. Like, Were you not aware that, that she was there, too? He looks surprised you to see that...
1: You just saw everyone get his ass kicked. Like, Shaggy yeah. got jumped on. Like, he got goombud. <laughs> so, consider, there was, what, five or six of them there? Yeah.
0: Ayla, was it Shaq T.? Yeah. Ala Shakti, Coyote Mundi, uh, and Kakrook all survive. So really, in the Hypori duel, Grievous only kills Shaggy and the other human Jedi. Mm-hmm. Who no one knows. So really, like, how much did he accomplish? He stole Kakrook's lightsaber. But saber.
1: other than that, like, yeah. Didn't do a whole lot, did he? No. I, he kills three. It says Dachman Barak. Oh, that's the one who he kills earlier, I think. Um, and then he kills Shaggy and then Tarsier. Yeah, that's the one with like the wrap on his head. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: So there was something I noticed that was a huge flaw in the CIS's military strategy in okay. this whole volume and even in the last volume that mm-hmm. I think really helps explain how they lost the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them ever actually shoot anyone. And I think this is a huge flaw yeah. when you're trying to be a military in a war. They, they shoot of, like, around w- people,
1: never hit anyone. <laughs> oh, they also do a lot of walking, like the super battle droids with their arms in front of them, like like up, um, like wrist out. Not mm-hmm. shooting, just like we can shoot in five arm movements if you're not careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're right. Um, the Jedi and the clones, on the other hand, are ultra uh efficient. we have that one scene where Fordo like that really badass scene where he kills like six super battle droids like like expends his uh, Rifle then he takes out his pistols and like one really of the badass. most
0: famous Star Wars gifts that goes around the most totally
1: totally Um, it kind of didn't hit me too. like It's obvious but I kind of forgot that Anakin was still a Padawan for most of this too and for yeah. all of volume one um so by the time He, he like, has, even as a Padawan, a lot of responsibility. I mean, he's not supposed to chase Ventress, but he does, you know?
0: Yeah. And he has a duel off-screen with Ventress again, because she's Mm -hmm. not
1: dead. But, uh... He has missions in various Game Boy games and comics and whatever else, too, where he's basically on his own. Like, he duels Dooku a few few times, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. Like, there's actually a considerable time jump between Battle of Hypori and when he gets his... Ponytail cut off, like this show mm-hmm. presented as being a lot closer together, and uh, who knows how intentional it was at the time, or how much it was just mm-hmm. like a retcon with *Labyrinth of Evil*. But *Labyrinth of Evil* is kind of all about,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So mazes of evil,
0: whole mazes, yeah, yeah. Jedi Trial is about his Jedi Trial, mm-hmm. uh, the Trial of Courage, of Strength, of uh, the flesh, I think, which
1: I think is like he goes <laughs> to a brothel and <laughs> don't like that. Anakin boners are against the will of the Force. That's what uh, Kiati Mundi was checking for when he was in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. He's a weirdo. Don't like that. Isn't Kiadi Mundi the one that can have sex? Because he's, he's a Siren, and they is Kiadi Mundi. I think he dudes. has a few wives.
0: What actually no. Is it coyote or is it Kidfisto? I don't think it's Kidfisto because of the whole Ayla thing. But Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like all Sirens, Mundi practiced polygamy due to his 1 to 20 male to female ratio. Got him. <laughs> Although I think there's I forget, I think it was a new canon book. Uh, it might have been the Thrawn Treason. Where Anakin says that sex is technically not it's it is okay for Jedi to have sex, it's just like it's They just can't enjoy be, it. Well, they can enjoy it, but they can't, you know, fall in love with their partner. You know? Yeah. Like, the Jedi like, is an order purely of one physical. night
0: stands. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. There was something about one night stands in Jedi yeah. that turned into a whole thing for a few episodes.
1: Oh, you're talking about when um when Corrin banged a sea otter, I think. No, no. I it may have been about Corin because
0: everything <laughs> is about Corin, But I don't think it was specifically about him banging otters. Mm-hmm. Uh, though now this has come up on every episode. So,
1: yeah. And if yeah, my cousin I, I is watching... I saw watching, an otter at the zoo then... the other day, and I was like, if Corrin was here, that fence would need to be a little bit taller. <laughs> Reinforced. No fence would keep Horn out. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just, but you, you, can't, well, I mean, a lot of fences would because you can't use telekinesis. So, <laughs> just put the lock on the inside, and there's nothing he can do. <laughs> wow, just baiting him like that.
2: <laughs>
1: the sexiest otter. We, we searched the globe to find the sexiest otter, <laughs> but you've got to use your telekinesis to get
0: in. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picturing a game show of that now, hosted by Adam Gro.
1: I can imagine it, like hosted by Charlie, maybe. You're right. <laughs> uh, um Yeah. Do you think at 25 years worth of Jedi debraiding ceremonies like a Padawan's ever like lost an ear or some shit? Yoda just gets dis- distracted. <laughs> well, I mean, they come pretty close to the ear and there's like some Jedi have like pretty strange biology like one slip and the earlobe's gone. Well,
0: what do they do for uh, a Padawan braid for species that don't have hair? There must be something like Do they just tape on like a po- uh, pin the tail on the Padawan or something? Yeah, they turn maybe into they a get thing, like a get all the younglings to, to come in, blindfold them and then just right yeah, on. You have,
1: ch- you have to you have to chop your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> it's really unfair, super hum- humanocentric. <laughs> so, what's
0: was the thing with the cave something that actually happened? Was that a vision Yoda was having? Was that his fan fiction about Anakin and Qui-Gon? I don't it's like, know. It's like the second scene. is like, when in episode one was there time for this? <laughs> I was And I was why would Yoda go hide on Dagobah if this is just a regular Jedi thing?
1: I was thinking maybe it could have been on Naboo before they met the Gungans. Hmm. But like... Qui-gon looks fucking weird and the, I put a picture on twitter. Um, i'll link it in the uh, the chat For Those who don't know of what qui-gon looks here. I tweeted it and said holy shit lmao and I just put it in chat there because Like qui-gon looks like he could smell smell you like before he's like saw you basically
0: okay, well, <laughs> Let's not be mean about people's noses
1: Well, it's not he doesn't have a he doesn't have a uh, a, a nose like a human, though. So, like, no human is gonna see that and think that nose looks like theirs because it's just. It also looks like in that picture he's saying, "Don't talk to me or my son ever again." <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will find you, and I will kill you.
1: Liam Neeson is kind of a strangely, like, proportioned man. Very tall, big old hands. Like, it's kind of a. Very, I wouldn't very... say
0: he's strangely proportioned. No, because he could beat the shit out of me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I would think it, but I wouldn't say it. But I love Liam Neeson actually. I, I he's great. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's in several good movies too. Yes, at least a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes because of him.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey, like Taken. Taken's not a good. Mo- well, you know what? The original Taken's a pretty good movie, and it's mostly yeah, Taken just is fine. And then
0: Taken Two through Seven. Get some better security, maybe
1: shoot off a text once in a while, let each other know where you are. Did you see that um, scene in Taken 3 where it's Liam Neeson jumping over a fence and there's literally like, like I'm not exaggerating, there's 13 different shots in there. Yeah. It's like just so many cuts because Liam Neeson's like 70, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you can't convincingly have him jumping over a fence. Uh, 68, yeah, so...
0: Yeah, I I regrettably watched, I think every Taken movie.
1: The second one was okay. The first one I barely I remember anything. Really enjoy the other than one. the
0: first one, like all of it kind of melds together for me, mm-hmm. and I I don't know, but maybe that'll be a topic for a future TapCaf, where we just Happy watch dinner. all the Taken movies.
1: Right after we do our Avatar watch through, exactly. I've had that stupid fucking. Um tunnel song stuck in my head secret tunnel you know
0: secret tunnel yeah i've had that stuck in my head for
1: probably probably a week like i was singing it all last night when i was streaming uh fall of the republic when i killed most of our jedi including anakin the chosen one yep um (laughs) good job on (laughs) that but but not not yoda not the truly most useful one at Mm. least Uh, as long as i have my
0: vision i'm happy so
1: yes uh but yeah
0: it's just it's awful so, it's been established by this point that the the cave on Dagobah was because Yoda murdered a Dark Jedi there. Mm-hmm. One so, of multiple
1: um, bit fashy Dark Jedi.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> there were a lot of them running around at a certain time. That's why there Yoda were at least two,
1: yeah, on the on that planet.
0: But yeah, right. So famously, this Clone Wars uh, actually. Canonical inconsistencies were only introduced by the 2008 Clone Wars series. That's true. Yeah, there have been uh, no mistakes There was nothing wrong in Star Wars before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, so clearly this was
1: Yeah, it's crazy how you can actually see Kornhorn's 10-year-old father running around the battlefield. <laughs> 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 well, Corrin is being born. <laughs> yeah. You can it's right behind Shaggy. When Shaggy gets squished, you can see um Cornhorn there. Was not a baby?
0: Uh, but if i on Hapori,
1: wasn't me. <laughs> all right, I didn't mean to der- derail you against. So, so, okay, so the, you, you're about to point to some inconsistency. No, I,
0: I I pointed to one, and then that's I feel like that makes my so point, and that's all that needs to be Do
1: you think said. the. So, okay, so, so what do you think was going on with the cave then? Was it. I don't just know. I think or? it was
0: intended to be a thing that they did, but when an episode was like, we must get to Coruscant.
1: But first, yeah. we're going over here. Yeah, I mean, it could have been... It could have been before they met the Gennigans, because it did look kind of swampy. Um, like, I don't know. I don't I don't get the point
0: of that. It might have just been a vision, like... I think they were trying to establish it as, like, the cave is this thing that Jedi go and do, and that's part of their mm-hmm. early trials, and Yoda yeah. was reflecting back on that, but, like, why why would Yoda hide... The, I mean, why would Obi-Wan hide next to fucking Anakin's brother, stepbrother? That just seems bad. And why would they hide the, the kid there? That seems bad. Like, maybe they think, oh, Vader's not going to go check there. But it seems like, hey, you have one known family member. And then, I mean, going, why would Yoda hide yeah. essentially what is part of their Jedi training program? But whatever. Mm-hmm. This.
1: Yeah, the, the wiki says that it's uh, a vision of if Qui-Gon had survived, but, like, there's no okay so they're still
0: that. intended to even if we take that at face value they're still intended to go yeah th- that's just a jedi mm-hmm. thing that happens mm-hmm. at a cave that only becomes dark side later
1: yeah it makes no sense um, makes no sense I-, I just don't know why it's there <laughs> yeah it doesn't even really help anything it's like it doesn't do anything for the story even like even if it wasn't broken yeah um, like, maybe if they showed what
0: anakin saw inside that would have Right, but
1: So there's another cave um, both the clone wars And this show have anakin kind of having a vision of the future um I I actually quite like this one more. I I think in the clone wars. It's during the mortis arc Mm -hmm. So, of course he forgets it and it's like a literal vision of the future um, but i'm actually really Much prefer this one where it's obviously like a legend but it's and it's telling Anakin's story, but it's not like clearly Anakin. Like it's it's a it's a really simple analogy, but it's still or a like a simile, but it's not a you know it's it's not like so on the nose like it sometimes is.
0: Yeah, that was a cool scene showing how the Nelvon people have like uh, LCD displays on their rocks. That was pretty <laughs> epic.
1: That was a really dark. Uh, That's a really dark um, plot too, like the techno union, like biological experimentation and stuff. Like, and it's pretty gross. Like, they completely transformed them into these beasts and like meld guns and technology onto them, and then they go back and it's like, listen, the wives accepted them back into the colony, but those guys are never getting any of that. Well, it's
0: it's basically meant to represent like high school football players. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, then I played just, high school football Yeah, and you're completely right <laughs> and you were talking about your cheeseburger baby earlier, so I played high school football and we used to have this one drill. Um, our Our coach was an absolute he was a cop and he was an absolute bastard and the drill was stand there This, this is not exaggerating. It's a hundred percent a real thing Stand there with your arms by your side and the other player would run at you and try to knock you down um, and you weren't allowed to defend yourself um, And usually it'd be like helmet on helmet contact and uh, I was on the O line and the D line. I, I wasn't very big. I was a good. I was a good D lineman, but I was only probably like 170 Or one 180 um, And the the other guy in the D line, one of the other guys uh, He ended up playing the CFL and he, he like even in high school. He was like six foot five and Like I, I actually think that that's part of the reason why I have a really bad memory now. Yeah, that just seems like
0: asking for people to get concussions.
1: Yeah, I got I got a few like I was I was actually scared to go to uh, To to go to football practice Um, And so like some of the so were the other o-linemen like my buddy Mike there was one time where he basically faked an injury Um, and like I, I can't even blame him at all like yeah, but uh games were fun. I loved playing in the games, but Like the concussions and I don't know if I'm gonna let Gus play high school football. Because it's it's probably not even worth it to be honest. It, it's great, it's fun. the The team stuff is the best, but fucking injuries, man. Yeah. Like
0: I, when I considered going outside as a kid, I thought about playing like soccer maybe, but mm-hmm. football was always no. I'm just gonna get tramp. I've always been kind of smaller, mm-hmm. and especially in high school, I don't. I think I was like, for most of high school, I was. I started high school at like ninety five pounds. Jesus Christ! And I finished maybe one hundred and ten. One hundred. You actually that
1: light? How tall are you? I'm five five ten five eleven. And you were that skinny. I dated a girl. I wasn't. I. I mean, I was much
0: shorter at the start of high school. But, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but like I when I was working at McDonald's, I think I was uh one twenty five to one thirty. And I've probably gained 25 pounds since then because that's when I started doing YouTube and it's just literally sitting all day. Mm-hmm. But I'm about 155 now, 160 maybe. Gotcha. So I, I've i always been easily crushable.
1: <laughs> like I used to like the games because and when, when I used to play in the D-line, which is basically like you run at the quarterback, my coach would always give me like they tell you like you've got like you can take three penalties this game if it means you get an extra hit on the quarterback yeah um and like i used to love doing that stuff like still love going like hitting people like away from the play who weren't paying attention and that's like that's what they teach you to do but it's not fucking worth it Like it's not looking back it's so fucked up yeah
0: do you think anakin would have played football
1: Oh, absolutely! No, Anakin. Would I have think been a he's hockey more hockey. Guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the hair. It's the hair, right? Yeah, Anakin would be like the one, like he'd be, he'd be the horror, like on girls' Snapchat, like, like hitting people <laughs> up and really hard to get away from. And everyone knows those guys, and they're not cool. A team. I I think
0: he'd he'd probably play play for Tampa Bay. I don't know why. I, it just seems like it fits.
1: My sister went to high school with Nathan McKinnon. I don't know if you know who he is. No. He's like one of the best hockey players, but yeah, there the there's some horror stories about those guys. Not Nathan McKinnon in particular, but like just there's a lot of hockey players around here. And they do give off kind of a Anakin vibe because they're all very arrogant because they're way too <laughs> yeah. famous and they're 16. They don't know how to handle it.
0: My brother-in-law's cousin uh, was like drafted.
1: Mm-hmm and you know. yeah Yeah, I mean, I love hockey, but It's not good. Like honestly anything that can give a kid an ego at 16 is like not great because That's what a lot of kids are the second they get like that. It's just not good mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we're super off topic. Um, what did you think about the old gross rat? I thought he was pretty gross. He looked like that one that showed up in my house that uh yeah, like Way my cool. note for
0: that was just sick. Wilbur. <laughs> oh, on him. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's he's pretty gross. Um, I'd rather be one of those uh, janked up monsters than a nasty old master splinter looking bitch. He kind of reminded me of uh, K
0: Quad in NJO, which we'll get to. I don't think I'm mm-hmm. going to remember by then to make the comparison. Mm-hmm. But I was just waiting for him to like perv on the fact like it's just this old gross dude. And all the women of the colony that are there and the children
1: but Yeah not good um What did you think about the new clones? Because they're they we kind of get the version of the phase twos in this and they look very yeah. I didn't really like them that much to be honest. They were a no. bit too stormtrooper and clearly because This came out before *Revenge of the Sith*, right?
0: Yeah, it it was like a year because it was May fifteenth for *Revenge of the Sith*, I think. mm Hmm. So, and this was like, I think exactly a year before then.
1: That this came out in two thousand five.
0: Wasn't it two
1: thousand five or six? I think *Revenge of the Sith* came out no five.
0: No, you're probably right because then Empire are straight. Yeah. yeah, Empire at War was 2006. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think it, no, it was coming out leading up to Revenge of the Sith release. So it was all made. Yeah, so they March knew what they were gonna and- do. I don't know. And they had to make toys for it.
1: Yeah, right. it was
0: probably only a few weeks difference between. Yeah, the final so it came
1: out in March, and then the movie came out in May. Yeah, because we do see like most of the. Designs from the movie are in this we get tri droids. We get Um arc 170s we get the kind of new clones. We get general grievous, of course um, it's kind of cool how they uh Actually collaborated like that because obviously work would have been done on this much earlier and we know that like They were scared to do anything with like the episode Nine plot because they were scared it was gonna leak and then the whole thing leaked like six months before the movie came out Anyway, yeah, um, so it's kind of cool that they actually collaborated like that. Yeah, and I mean, there were kind of uh,
0: things going on with that with Resistance more with, I think, TLJ, but, mm. and a bit with Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think anyone actually watches Resistance, which is kind of unfortunate, because like the bit mm-hmm. I've seen, I've enjoyed, but I haven't even watched That's it.
1: It's okay. Yeah, I watched a bit of it. But like an example for me would be um, The Rise of the Resistance, or no, what was the book called? Resistance Reborn, I think. And it was mm-hmm. like, they clearly just had to work off of the trailer you know what i mean yeah. cuz it's like the whole book it's like about getting allies for the the new republic and basically or the resistance and all i really get is the cr90 which you know is in the you no know is in the movie
0: yeah and other wedges in, a million instances of that cloned on screen <laughs> and that's how you get uh the next resistance fleet yeah
1: exactly um, what about the Battle of Coruscant? How'd you feel about that? Uh, before we get to Coruscant, cause I, th- I think
0: that's going to be most of the rest of the show mm-hmm. is the planet that rainy that they just like Anakin and Obi-Wan, Anakin's eating a bunch of bugs, which is disgusting and mm-hmm. just like slurps up a worm. He didn't need mm-hmm. to do it that way. I didn't need to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that planet ever identified? Cause I don't think I wasn't able mm. to I find what it was. And to me, it kind of looked like Rodia or Nukov because of the whole, like, domed city, but that's just mm-hmm. a defensive shield, so it's unlikely to be
1: those. Yeah. But no, I don't know. Um, that's interesting.
0: My main takeaway from that battle was, more, well, there were two things from all of those, like, different war scenes that I kind of got, because that's what most of the second chapter was, was just Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting through different battlefields. Not too much to talk about there, but... Uh, One was that the homing spider droids could walk up walls, which they Mm -hmm. seem like the most unstable things in the world.
1: Yeah, I noticed that too.
0: And the other was that, sure, they infiltrated the thing and brought down the shield, but then Anakin and Obi-Wan are just walking away when the actual invasion is happening.
1: Yeah, like that's Uh, like step one. Like There's a lot more shit to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a cool idea. And when they're swimming, or when they were in the sewers, I was like, Clearly, you have to swim there. Have you not played a video game? There's, like... You're in water, <laughs> and there's rocks. Like, clearly, you go underneath. Um, but, yeah. I, w- I really want to know what video
0: games are like in Star Wars, but that's probably...
1: Anakin's got that, like, PSP stuff. in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, It's kind of funny, actually. They do mention uh, a no- Ben Solo... Or, sorry, Ben Skywalker has a... I forget what they call it. Like, they call it, like some sort of games for his one of his devices. Um, it talks about that in in Fate of the Jedi or Legacy mm-hmm. of the Force, I think. Um that that is so I cool think video he, I think he plays it when he's with the GAG like on his downtime, if I remember correctly. Right. Okay. Um
0: uh I like how the Battle of Coruscant starts with like Yoda just opening the curtains and being shocked that there's all these <laughs> yeah. droids already there.
1: Yeah. Like what I don't know. Is that is that honestly like the best Coruscant defense like system? Yoda looking out a window. There's like, okay, we could have scanners set up in space. We could have ships patrolling or we could just. We could have a planetary
0: shield that stops you <laughs> from
1: doing this. Yeah. Or we have Yoda looking out a window.
0: Like if he just hadn't done that, would he have, would they have noticed the invasion going on? Nope. Okay. Yeah. Nope
1: yeah i gotta say i didn't really like coruscant um like i like the battle but i thought the actual coruscant depiction was kind of boring oh, yeah. especially compared to what we get in the clone wars where it's you see lots of the planet and this it was kind of just like it looked just like a planet with like skyscrapers yeah and i think the reason for me at least the other planets
0: in the first volume got developed like they had at least a clear identity that didn't really exist for any of them in this one. Like, mm-hmm. Bomus Cori just kind of looked like uh, Munalinst copied and pasted to yep. the point that I usually think that place is Munalinst whenever mm-hmm. I saw those scenes before. Yep. Uh, Nil Vaughn is just... There's nothing really special to that. It's just probably... It's indistinguishable from Ilum in the first one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Other than the cave. But the rainy planet that they never bothered to identify anywhere was just rainy planet kind Mm -hmm. of like a shitty copy of yavin almost from the first one (laughs) yeah and coruscant was just like maybe a couple roads and you can't even really in like a train it's all really focused close in
1: on people Mm -hmm. there's not any real environment building there but yeah you don't even get like the kind of idea of there being like big canyons or like a Underworld or anything, um, yeah. Just it looks like just built on a city or built like it's just a random city with lots of tall buildings. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, um, I did like the
0: chase scenes though. Like I liked most of the actual battle except for one part of the space battle. I think the 10 boarding is just ridiculous. Like the most ridiculous
1: over the top, boiled down more so condensed than, uh, version of Mace Windu breaking a uh he breaks in a a vulture droid like a fucking horse (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that's that's something else too but i don't think that quite measures up to the same
0: level but the there's one thing i think it's a Providence flying into a venator i think that's what it was i forget what it was exactly right now Mm -hmm. but it then they like kind of break up and it like i I actually started laughing at that because it just looks so ridiculous
1: yeah Yeah, I mean, the the Space Battle itself is pretty over the top in a kind of cool way, but it's just like... You zoom out and there's like a bajillion ships, like, I counted. Um, No
0: Lucre Hulks. It's all just Providences and Venators.
1: Yeah. It's the same, too, when, like, Anakin gets the little task force to go, like, perform reconnaissance, and it's like 20 (laughs) Venators. Yeah. It's like reconnaissance. At least with the first
0: volume... Even though it was all acclimators, you get like the thing of them landing on Mon Calamari and they're mm-hmm. actually doing something. There seems to be more thought into like how they're arrayed. With the Battle of Coruscant, it was literally just like just a full brawl. screen spam. Mm-hmm. It was the Rise of Skywalker fleet of Clone
1: Wars. To be Wars fair though, that battle. is kind of what it's like in the, uh, in the movie as well. Kind of, but... It's, it's just a big brawl. <laughs> you you
0: also, you still have the like the the sprites probably for acclimators and stuff like don't judge just use vendors give something else but yeah it was still fun
1: yeah um yeah no it it was it was it was fun um you're right another you mentioned i do kind of miss like the different battlefields we had in the last episode like we get a lot of variety that's kind of missed out and that is kind of the what happens when you tell these more i guess they're kind of longer kind of not really there's less pure action which means we gotta we lose out of the planetary diversity and some of the different yeah. weapons although we do we still we do we still get some interesting stuff but not as much i'd say yeah um what do you think of yoda's little uh his little mount yeah
0: i i thought that was just something he was using on that other planet at first but no he parked that thing on coruscant oh, yeah. just
1: keeps it outside <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of like Yoda having a little horse. I don't remember if he <laughs> has anything like that in the the Clone Wars. I don't think so. He's got his little starfighter, but I don't think, I don't think he's got yeah, a horse. It just seems horse. like any kind of legged
0: transportation is not going to be very effective on Coruscant mm-hmm. in general. And That kind of gets back to the world building.
1: I like uh, Yoda's water bending movements too, where he uh, destroys those drop ships. I thought that was pretty cool. A little mm. over the top, but very yeah. cool. Um. Speaking of over the top, Anakin also gets to complete the true uh, hockey bro look. Besides for just the new flow, he also gets his tribal tattoo. <laughs> yep, um, which I thought was was kind of funny. It, it was it, it was kind of cool for a little spirit journey. But I was like, really? Does he need a friggin' tribal tattoo? It's like a yeah. Bit on at the least nose. he didn't get a
0: face tattoo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He has the scar, but he gets the scar done, and the scar does glow weirdly in mm-hmm. some places. Or at least I think it's glowing. It's hard to tell with the... the 7, 720p style, YouTube... Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> did you notice now on YouTube they don't call 720p HD anymore?
0: Yeah, I think they changed that last month.
1: Mm. Oh, really? Interesting. We get yeah, it's in relatively numbers, recent. Y'all. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's we'll say, no longer 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember... I remember when you had a 720p video back in the day, you were like, holy shit. My <laughs> eyes are feasting tonight. Oh my god, the video's not square? <laughs> yeah, oh, now even like thing. watching
0: that on mobile, it's like, what is this
1: garbage? Yeah. Get the shit out of here. <laughs> um, I thought the Athorian th- throat yell was pretty freaking disgusting. Um, yeah. I saw one of the Athorians. because I-, I forgot that's like where their throat is, and I saw one of them at Galaxy's Edge. There's like a big... Uh, One of the shops has like a huge I guess it would be life-size a Thorian Behind like kind of a It's supposed to be like the shopkeeper And he's got the the mouth inside the side of the neck It's just really friggin' nasty Yeah But imagine how many darts you could smoke at once (laughs) You could get like at least ten in each one, right?
0: I don't think think that's advisable I don't know, maybe smoking is actually good for Thorians And that's why they have those mouths So they can just be hacking darts all day (laughs) But...
1: They they evolve specifically to hack as many darts as possible. Is that does that phrase mean anything outside Canada? I don't know if hacking darts or crushing darts means anything outside of Canada. Or okay. bumming darts or.
0: But yeah, one of the players in uh, our tabletop series, Ithorians, are his absolute favorite species. Mm-hmm. In our first campaign, he played one, and was just. Uh, he was bellowing all the time. Because <laughs> that. Basically, the entire species is built around that in uh, the Fantasy Flight games system. <laughs> where you. Generally, they're like specced to be doctors, but also uh, melee based because they can just like punch people shout. and then shout at them. I
1: mean, that's where and Palpatine it's... learned it from. Uh, where he got the idea from Revenge of the Sith. Where he jumps <laughs> over the table and starts screeching. What did you think the chances were that
0: Grievous was just gonna try to kill Palpatine when he was mouthing off that much? It's like I mean, I know you're trying to get captured. But yeah,
1: I don't. Grievous but, doesn't seem like he's in on this. Yeah, no, he's not. And there's that's kind of covered in the Revenge of the Sith novelization as well. Like Grievous has no clue what's going on because he's Grievous is basically just like he's like another Darth Maul, kind of. He's just like a, a yeah. mad animal, um, and they use him as one. The Revenge of the Sith novelization 2 talks about how they use Grievous. And they make them so terrifying so people will hate aliens and robots. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool We should read that book soon. I've been kind of wanting to get back into that. Mm -hmm. Um What was I gonna say, um I do talk about that
0: one pretty much since we started the podcast.
1: Yeah, I know I like how um how palpatine says to the jedi that they'll long long be remembered in the archives of the jedi order yeah when Shaktis' is like that shit's going to be around for about 3 days <laughs> <laughs> um and then shakti is not captured she's just kind of left there just kind of weird
0: yeah she's like tied up in the ceiling mhm
1: which is i guess a thing they do now does <laughs> doesn't he take her is it shakti he, he takes to the invisible hand
0: yeah, she was the one that was killed yeah. in the cut
1: scene. So I, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting her to be on the Invisible Hand with Palpatine. I mean, yeah, with Palpatine and Grievous.
0: Uh, that was probably changed when they cut that scene. Because mm-hmm. they were probably yeah. going to use it to explain it, and they probably just like quickly animated her tied into the mm-hmm. ceiling. Because that did feel a little bit tacked on. Mm-hmm. And then, as we know, she only ends up actually dying in uh, Force Unleashed. So I think right. there's like three or four places that her and even PL she dies twice
1: in die. revenge of the sith because she also dies She's got another scene where she dies at the Jedi temple. Yeah um,
0: But that was also cut. So yeah, exactly
1: What did you think of uh, Mace Windu using force crush or some force like maybe it's a force choke? I don't know like he he basically just crushes um, Grievous same as Anakin kind of kills one of those Techno Union guys. which is Yeah, but Grievous mary. is a
0: droid So it doesn't matter
1: but I mean, he's still alive.
0: Grievous is a droid, so it doesn't matter.
1: Wow, you're gonna get the fucking Grievous podcast. Grievous is a canceled. droid,
0: so it doesn't. <laughs> no, I, I think it was just uh, you you can't choke people and take away their oxygen, but you can crush their rib cages. I don't know because
1: uh, Anakin's move is supposed to be like a step to the dark side so when he kills that Techno Union guy.
0: Yeah, but there's a difference between crushing the rib cage. And choking them. One's okay, one's not.
1: Hmm. Is that Vergier's teachings?
0: Yeah, she actually she rescued me from a Yuzon Vong world ship, and I'm just learning so much. Say
1: hi Virgier.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that why the chair you're always complaining about how uncomfortable your chair is?
0: <laughs> I'm not sitting on Vergier
1: I'm in the embrace of pain.
0: Oh. No, I, I got rescued. It's fine.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was supposed <laughs> I, I to be... I always picture the hyper chicken from Futurama with, with Virgier. <laughs> it's, it's a lot... It's hard to take the NJO seriously when you have to imagine all, all of... Or your, if you imagine that all of Virgier's stuff is actually translated, and she's just fucking <laughs> like, making chicken sounds the whole time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they should make... They're they're gonna make a live action NJO movie series, obviously, at some point because NJO is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the they should just have Vergier be played by a chicken. (laughs) So there's all these serious conversations that yeah, just a chicken. So there's all these serious conversations that happen, and then they get into like the uh, especially with Traitor, and it's like Mm -hmm. Jason tied up, embrace of pain, and he's acting like, "Why are you saying all this?" What do you mean? And then it's just a chicken like squawking around the room, <laughs>
1: laying an egg or something. It's like it's like so you're saying it's the intention, not the actual force power that matters. And she's just like, <laughs> so you're
0: saying I can get a five really dollar video, fill up at KFC. Have...
1: <laughs> she cries and it reanimates like a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a really funny, but a very, very niche video to make.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Uh, costume design and set design to go into a three-second bit.
1: Yeah. Um, And there'd be like ten people on the internet who'd appreciate it. (laughs) All
0: right, so any final thoughts before we get to questions on uh,
1: Mm. our Clone Wars adventure here? Kashyyyk still sucks in this. We get a two-second shot of Kashyyyk, and it's still boring Kashyyyk. Yeah. Not epic tree village Kashik. It's like Kashik's kind of just a lake with a tree next to it.
0: Yeah, and there's like grassy plains and stuff. Yeah, they really did drop the ball, I think, on mm-hmm. the the environment design in this volume.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And enemy designs as well. Um, what did you think about the the whole arm thing? Like, because Anakin, you know, he's he's kind. There's kind of this prophecy on this world that. This thing will lose an arm and then the arm will be used to destroy those who took the arm but it will become too much and it will kill everything that uh that he loves kind of like anakin and padme not it's not really his physical arm it's more just like his power and then later um they rescue all the creatures and they've been horribly misformed and then they also um they also have this kind of um they have kind of like a gun on their end of their arm yeah so mega
0: cannons. Yeah, Did they rip them off to be like anakin.
1: Yeah, and then anakin, um Anakin kind of loses his mechanical arm to To kind of save them from this thing, but then he still does this really dark side shit and he just crushes um He crushes this uh, techno union guy the rest of the episode ends off pretty darkly like he's in a bad place at the end Um, and I guess is that supposed to mean that like the arm is really the arm is not the real issue the arms just kind of representative of the dark side like he yeah, loses the arm was a,
0: his, yeah. a a metaphor for loss yeah so
1: yeah maybe he thought by losing his mechanical arm like it would solve everything but it's really is uh really a lot more less epic than that yeah
0: like i i think anakin is just you see that he's a violent angry dude and yeah. uh that's just how Anakin be.
1: Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode generally. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether I liked it more than Volume One. Um, I after watching it, I thought I did, but I do kind of miss the random one-off stuff. I miss a lot of the creativity. So I'm gonna, but I, I kind of like some of the storylines. I'm gonna say, I think in total, I do like it a little less than Volume One. What about you?
0: I actually like it a bit more, mostly because of the Anakin and Obi Wan relationship being better. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in terms of The action, this one, isn't quite as good. Like, I do like a Mm -hmm. lot of the Grievous stuff more than anything that happened in the first one, but the general, like, clone versus droid fighting Mm -hmm. felt a bit worse, and there was a bit more just weird random shit happening. But the Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship is Mm -hmm. much better, and that, I think last time I described this as, like, Star Wars tequila, where Mm -hmm. watching it all at once was yeah a bit too much and then but like or just because it's pure action all the time whereas Mm -hmm. this one felt a little bit like that so i think if i were to watch them how they initially aired like as the little sections i probably would have liked volume one more but as far if i had to pick one to watch Mm -hmm. like all the way through like this i think i enjoyed this one better
1: Mm -hmm. so um yeah and the the mace window stuff was really just kind of the, the the same stuff from the first episode again I I was even wondering whether the animations might have been copied over because he does that I thing think they where, were the multi-punch yeah, really, really yeah. fast mm-hmm. Exactly um So, yeah, I think that's it. We've got a few questions. We want to uh, read you guys as always can email us your questions or your comments about Whatever we're covering on a current episode or just generally to tap at gmail.com and as a reminder Next time we will be covering, uh, our first star wars canon book, right alphabet squadron. Yes, um So, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, you can yeah, so email us your thoughts on that. You've got a week to read it Let me just check for questions. Um So joel says with the 2008 clone wars being an official Reboot of canon in many ways and becoming a true official reboot with tcw That it signal a shift in how star wars stories are being told with new and younger authors like C- claudia gray Taking the lead in building the new canon timeline, are we seeing shifts in tone, story preferences, and overall direction? Um, I know some of the newer officers, uh, newer authors I mentioned, come from more fantasy backgrounds, like zahn and Stackpole, came from more sci-fi backgrounds. Is there a shift in vision? I don't know if that's really if the 2008 Clone Wars is emblematic of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I've noticed a bit of a shift in tone um, personally, but. It's hard to tell whether, like, whether that's due to authors specifically or, like, just direction from on high or the type of stories that are being written right now. Do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I think it's a mix of, like, what was big in the 90s versus what's kind of big Mm -hmm. now. And I think there was a bigger shift even within Star Wars from thinking of itself more as, like, trying to sell science fiction novels in the 90s to being more on the fantasy side as we got towards like njo and then legacy of the force darkness crisis mm-hmm. uh and a lot of the people who were taking the lead in uh in the 90s were also or even since then in legends yeah. before the reboot were also fantasy authors at the time too yeah and were a, a mix of fantasy and uh uh yeah. and science fiction like timothy zahn yeah and michael
1: stackpole too
0: yeah because i think michael stackpole did he now, Drew Karpyshyn did Baldur's Gate and that kind of stuff before Star Wars or around each other, but mm-hmm. like Timothy Zahn has the the Conqueror's Trilogy, which is sci-fi, but then also has the Dragon mm-hmm. something series, which was after he started doing Star Wars stuff, but was fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, you get towards like Fate of the Jedi and you had more fantasy elements like Abeloth, which probably would have stuck out as being even weirder had they come in earlier but there's yeah. always been a bit of a difference in star wars stories is based on who's writing what because you can get even within the earliest like absolute earliest or not early like still 90s but uh mm-hmm. you have on the far more fantasy side you have courtship of princess leia but
1: mm-hmm, then you also basically, have the totally a fantasy novel
0: yeah it's mm-hmm. pure fantasy a little bit of like sci-fi because ships but mm-hmm. then on the opposite end of that spectrum, you have the Black Fleet Crisis, which exactly, is I like, as hard sci-fi as Star Wars kind of gets. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we still have some of those authors that are still around in Star Wars, like Timothy Zahn, who's doing mm-hmm. the same kind of stuff that he was. James Luceno, who's doing the same kind of stuff that he was since NJO. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these newer, younger authors do come from more fantasy backgrounds, but there's also the types of sci-fi we get are different now than what you'd get in the 90s mm-hmm. so
1: i mean we're about uh, to read barbara barbara hamley uh, or soon anyway when we get the children of the jedi and i think she did a lot of fantasy stuff um yeah so yeah I, I don't think you can tie it exactly to that it's just you're right i think it is more of a reflection of what is popular mm-hmm. right now the story's yeah. just been different as well
0: and as far as like the difference in tone from clone wars to clone wars this show was always intended more of like action-oriented quick vignettes because mm-hmm. telling deep stories that people are going to be able to track and remember when you have two minutes a week almost yeah uh that's not going to track very well whereas mm-hmm. with the clone wars you have still some of that action but you have more time to develop the stories and because it is like they're both intended for a younger audience generally than uh, a lot of the books that influences some stuff but but yeah I know and, i just talked a lot there sorry
1: no no it's it's cool and the comment is right though as well that, like the the later clone wars is definitely uh like a decanonization or not, not a re it, it's just a different approach to the same thing like that's definitely if you were going to say one is more canon according to, to george lucas it would obviously be the later one and even yeah. the way like the clone wars was heading before like we would have seen something similar with what happened in season seven. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what have happened in legends so like the siege of mandalore and That is kind of where we know where anakin and and obi-wan were right before the battle of coruscant And this is clearly a different approach to that. Um, You know, yeah. what I mean because we see where they are explicitly in here as well, um So, yeah, that's thank you very much for the question. Do you want to read the next one?
0: uh one more point i want to make on that is that there was an intentional shift in how they were handling canon uh around 2008 with the clone wars uh
2: part
0: part of it is just that the clone wars is uh i think dave filoni describes it as the most george lucas star wars we have in terms of screen time Mm -hmm. uh so there was a lot that george obviously had say in that kind of chose the direction that everything would go in and then other stuff got filled in, kind of like what he did with the prequels, and that was always going to step on some toes. Uh, the bigger change as far as like how canon was being handled was that this was the introduction of the story group, and they weren't planning a reboot at that time, uh, and I think with any kind of movies that would have been planned, a reboot of some kind would have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. But they were, they were working more on making sure that different properties did work together rather than sticking with the... Uh, the pure hierarchy of <coughs> like games that are Infinity's games, novels, movies, like the mm-hmm. the tiers of canon. Yeah. And uh, so there was probably still going to be some retcons with that. But it was more about not having... It was when they were really solidifying the idea that when Star Wars properties are released, they are taking part, place in the same universe rather than just being whatever the license holder is doing yeah. and then trying to fit it together like you see with marvel books or with marvel yeah. comics versus the dc com or dark horse comics versus uh the books but yeah that's mm-hmm. all for that
1: oh that's a great point there i mean we had a lot of questions about the canon so that's a good uh, i think a good comment for us to, to talk about there um next we have let me just pull it oh, i got a sneeze hold on Oh, I love this new mic. This new mic. I got to mute that right as I was sneezing. <laughs> um, let me. Sorry, I accidentally closed the page. Do you have the next question up?
0: Uh, yeah. This one is from Torin. Still love the show. I want to defend Anakin's voice actor since you guys aren't fans of the direction they took him in Volume One before you guys tackle Volume Two. I really like how young and whiny he sounds in the early episodes since it's supposed to take place right after AOTC where he's still a kid and pretty whiny in that movie. Never really sat right with me that he's so young in episode two, and then fully grown adult like we see in *Rots* by the Battle of Christophsis. I would have liked more even transition. Uh,
1: yeah, the Clone Wars could have been longer, for sure, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think they kind of justify with a bit of a time jump between episode two and the start of uh, the Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. but it's also just like budgeting they don't want to make another model for Anakin's
1: hair. I mean, the Clone Wars is what, like three years in total?
0: yes yeah
1: so it could it could have been longer because there is i mean war, war does obviously change a person but especially because like kind of the the legend of the clone wars too it's like it's it's a bad war but like there have been a i guess it is the most recent war in like a thousand years too but
0: yeah. yeah well considering how much it shapes the galaxy even compared mm-hmm. to the Galactic Civil War, like, it causes the Galactic Civil War, mm-hmm. you'd think, like, I think they should have gone at least five years, maybe even ten. Like, yeah, the original yeah. timeline kind of makes more sense to me.
1: Agreed, uh, yeah. But, yeah. I think a ten-year war would make would make a lot of sense, because then it's like, the galaxy is just really tired of fighting, then you kind of understand even more why, like, a big kind of, you know, why an authoritarian can kind of easily insert themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, the uh, second
0: part of this question... Oh, do you have more? No, now? go
1: ahead. Oh, go
0: ahead. Uh, one question I have for you is that, given that The Clone Wars is probably the highest profile piece of Star Wars media decanonized by Disney, where do you think the animated shows in general fit into Star Wars? Which ones would you recommend fans check out? And were there any disappointments? Where would you like to see Star Wars animations go in the future?
1: I really like what they've done with The Clone Wars Rebels pipeline. Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty obvious we're going to get a, a Rebels sequel. Um, I like. I really like how... Uh, season seven of the clone wars like was more explicitly tied in with like expanded universe i mean new expanded universe material so i'd like to see that moving forward like yeah. there's no reason why shows cl- like like animated shows have to be treated like they were in legends where the clone Wars is its own thing um i'd really like if they because this is why there's supposed to be a like a story group handling everything now i would really like if the uh the future television shows really highly integrated expanded universe material yeah.
0: and that again doesn't mean that there wouldn't be inconsistencies it's just the idea yeah. that it's going to be like tied in like the thrawn novels were very tied into rebels mm-hmm. There was the downside of that which again we bring up a lot of like mm-hmm. timothy zahn kind of being written into a corner on what he could do with thrawn within right a few months space but it thrawn definitely survives that <laughs> so uh we'll yeah. see what it means in the future but uh, I think everyone needs to watch droids and Ewoks. <laughs> and uh, the rest is... No, I, I agree with you. I really like yeah. uh, the style of what they do with uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. And I think that's kind of the top tier of Star Wars shows. For sure. uh, I, ha- again, haven't given Resistance much of a chance, but I kind of want to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like definitely earlier on, the really old ones, like droids and Ewoks, were just sort of...
1: the. They were just kids shows. Most of their
0: own thing that isn't tied in at all, and I, I, even with kids shows and stuff, I would, I like when stuff's tied more into the universe as well, and I, I'd like Mm -hmm. that to continue being what they do.
1: Yeah, like what I'd like to see is, and I think they can do is, if you're going, if you, I want an overall story that books and and shows and whatever else are working together to tell. Funny enough, we got a lot of that in like the Rogue One era. Like I felt like mm-hmm. Rebels was jiving really well with what was going on with Rogue One, and I felt like the these the other material that was coming out at the time kind of all worked together really well. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, yeah. In whatever comes out in the future.
0: Yeah, and like you're saying, Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. I agree.
1: Uh... <sighs> okay. I think we got another email while we were recording. Um, we got one from Justin who says... Again, uh, you don't need to email the show. You're one
0: of the co-hosts.
1: <sighs> Mr. Justin T. I will not let him respect you like that. He said, asks how we're dealing with the will outbreak. We've both been in our chairs for three years now. I don't think we've noticed any difference.
0: Yeah, I've... Mm-hmm. My lifestyle is basically what it was before. Just I see Dana less, but we're moving in together so that even that'll be
1: different. Uh, um... If the eu was long, sorry, um I think we kind of covered second. Do you think if the eu works in the galactic civil war before I had gone with the han solo Trilogy idea of what the galaxy was like Would we see the same same amount of warlords? I'll just answer this one quickly because we're running out of time and maybe you can do the same I think we would have just seen more kind of independent states because we get like the csa and others um, And that's kind of downplayed in like the post endor stuff
0: yeah, well, I mean, there's there's an extent to which uh, the warlord fiefdoms would probably lash out and take over some of the smaller stuff, mm-hmm. which we actually get a little bit of with like Zing and the CSA. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I like when there's those kind of semi-autonomous areas Me within too. the empire. That's kind of put forward as like, oh, these used to be these independent areas that mm-hmm. were. Adjacent to the Republic, and the Republic was the big power, and maybe some of them were associated in different levels, but then the Empire just kind of started cracking down
1: on them. Uh, but, it makes a lot of sense in, like, the Outer Rim, too, as well. Like, yeah, the the Empire wouldn't want to expand themselves if it's just such shit space. It's like, yeah, they got, like, they got, like a dog over here that's kind of cool that we wouldn't mind taking, but besides for that, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know why Gmail isn't loading for me.
1: Uh so there's a couple other questions. What element would I Sarid be a bender of if she was an avatar? She could be a water bender because the icy blue of her eyes, yet also a fire bender because of the burning red. Well, I think wait, it's... wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't I don't think they ever addressed what color her eyes were in the in the books. What are you talking about?
1: Uh it's only a brief footnote in the um the character encyclopedia or the huh. uh,
0: Okay, uh, I'll I'll have to look that up cuz I yeah. I really thought it was never talked about.
1: You have to be a firebender, because they're both different kinds of fire. It's like a cold fire, whatever that means, in, an ice, in a uh, a fiery rage. Well, it's like
0: uh, the analgesic cream, like Icy Hot, where her <laughs> yeah. eyes just squirt Icy Hot at people. And like, wow, this is really numbing me, but it's also
1: tingling. What
0: an, <laughs> what don't an those experience. Your, don't put
1: those on your balls, from what I've heard. Seriously. From what you've heard? Or do an email us and tell us what what happens. Um, I don't do that Um fourth, how do you think the 2008 clone wars influenced the clone wars that most of us know and love? I don't really think it did a whole lot to be honest Not really. No, I mean we get like the there's a few direct examples Like the mission to mon cal is one that I can think of the most but yeah Yeah So I think that's all we have time for today. Is there anything you want to end off with Corey? Uh, see when you say that i just get this
0: feeling in my stomach that like no he's gonna cut me off but i'm the one that's streaming this i'm the one with all the buttons you've this is abusive is what this is but uh i left discord just...
1: for a second there i don't know if it
0: i didn't get the sound so... damn it
1: would have been really funny um you have to edit one in
0: okay No, like it's it's abusive. I don't like this.
1: It's mean and coarse and rough, and it gets everywhere. (laughs) Okay, (coughs) yesterday I was driving with Kelsey, and uh, she was like, "I don't really like the beach." She's like, "I'm not a big fan of sand," and I was like, "Yeah, me neither." It's coarse and it's rough, and it gets everywhere. And she's like, "Yeah, I agree." Like she doesn't know the quote. (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, this is epic! If only if only some of my nerd friends online were here, <laughs> just
0: in the car, just it's like call like, me and Charlie, it, yeah. guys, guys, you'll never guess what just <laughs> oh, happened." But uh, but yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, no, me too. So again, next week we will be talking about Alphabet Squadron. That's going to be over on Mister Eckhart's Ladders channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in about 10 minutes we're going to be live over on youtube.com/eckstooX2 the gaming channel featuring both us and Charlie mm-hmm. playing some worms WMD alongside Mark from the Templin Institute and Julia so that should be a fun time come out the stream out, is have called convincing
1: charlie he has worms
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> If you want to watch that I'll put a link in the Uh yeah so
0: have a good night everyone good night there's nothing else you want to add
1: nope
0: are you sure (laughs) well i was thinking
2: about the